This is Dolphin Financial Radio, a show about planning your retirement. When you are young, financial decisions are easy. You aren't worried too much about the future, and you know you have plenty of time on your side. However, as you get older, the financial decisions get more difficult. Eventually, you reach reach the age where retirement is in sight. At this point, you'll be facing new and different financial challenges. It is these retirement challenges that we will address each week in this show. Regardless of how far away you are from retirement, it's time to listen in as we begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Good morning and hello to all the listeners out there. Welcome to another show of Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell, owner of Dolphin Financial Group, right here in sunny Clearwater. Alongside me today is my favorite, again, Tony Shore. Tony, you're my favorite co-host. I know you're also my only (laughs) co-host, but I do get a kick out of listening to my son do the intro just now. And I want to say welcome to the show. Today is going to be all about you, Tony, because, well... I'm going to give you a little hint. The name of the show today and the today's topic is Financial Jeopardy. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I am in jeopardy. Uh, Don't start singing, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sing the Weird Al hit, I Lost on Jeopardy. Yes, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew it. Great minds think alike. But Weird Al Yankovic. It's not going to be the jeopardy of you're in trouble, financial trouble. It's going to be the game show. That's right, folks. We're going to do a trivia game show, and Tony's going to be the only contestant, and we're going to oh. test his knowledge with financial Somehow questions. I'll still lose. Isn't that sad? <laughs> you've already That's lost, That's the sad Tony. part about this. Yeah. <laughs> by, by showing up today, you've lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the only contestant, and I'm still going to lose. Uh, this is great. Well, you're the financial expert. It should be me asking you the questions, but I'm willing to I'm willing to take a hit for the show for our listeners' education and entertainment, right? That's it. It's going to be entertaining and educational. What we'll do is I'll ask you the questions that you're going to fail to answer correctly, and then we'll discuss the question in a little bit more detail. And It's get... just assumed <laughs> on your part that I won't answer correctly. And I see you looking at my sheet of paper hoping that I will sl- slyly give you that answers, and that's not happening. So... Yeah, just to let you know, listeners, see, honestly, I have not heard one of these questions, as you will realize <laughs> when you hear my answers that I was not previously aware of what I was going to be asked. Well, give yourself some credit. Give yourself some credit. My kids got a few of these, right? Actually, you know what started this whole thing, Tony? And uh, this is interesting. I was uh, I was in New York, as you know, uh, oh, it's probably a month now ago, and um, one of my friends there said, hey, you know, are you playing this trivia game called HQ? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, well, you got to install this app. And I'm like, no, I'm out, you know. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> right? I'm out. Too much. It requires installing an right. app. I'm technical, yeah. technologically savvy. I just don't like having apps. But anyway, he convinced me to do it. He inst- took my phone, commandeered it, installed it, put his username as the uh, referring code so he got an extra life or whatever it is on the game. And sure. the next thing you know, I'm playing this, and then one of my nephews starts, oh, you have that too? And then my sons get involved. They're like, we want to play... What, what it is, HQ, for those of you that don't know, it's this app. It's a, it's a trivia game that pushes out questions, 12 questions at 3 p.m. Eastern time and also again at 9 p.m. And people all over the world play and you log in and play and you try and get the answers right. And if you do, you get money. That's it. There's no, there's yeah. no catches, right? But my kids play it. See, that's the thing, right? <clears throat> so. I was thinking about this. I'm, I have a few ideas on how they can uh, make some more money off of it, but I just, that's in the, for another topic. But um, <laughs> I just thought this is kind of fun, you know, playing trivia. And my kids play and they get the first few questions right because they're always easy. And then they look at me and I don't, and then I'm like, I pretend I'm not listening because I don't know the answers. It's like when we watch Jeopardy, like I knew that. You know, my kids are like, how are we not answering any of these, daddy? <laughs> well, because I'm not a super genius uh, like these contestants. It gets boring are. when you know all the answers. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. But I thought this would be fun. Why don't we, if there was financial questions, I think I'd do okay. But uh, I figured in the spirit of trivia and to help appease my children who probably, who don't like being forced to listen to the show every every time on the radio on Saturday mornings and Thursday mornings. Um, Why not do some trivia with Tony and see how he does? What do you say? (laughs) 
I think it sounds good. How you doing, by wait. the way? We should find out how you're doing. This is the first question. <laughs> I'm I'm mill doing. Um, well, and I was told there would be no math. You already got the first, first question all, wrong. We get into the there questions. are going to be math questions. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, get that calculator out. Get it going. Well, uh, yeah, I've been great. I've had a great week. Uh, just uh, again, I always say it. It's, I say the same thing every week, but it's true. I'm, I've been busy uh, this week. So, uh, you know, the summer weather is uh, is here, of course, in full swing. And I've been enjoying that, of course, uh, when it's not uh, raining or something. But, uh, you know, same as you, Dan. I know you keep busy. Your schedule is even crazier than mine, though. Well, I tighten it out because I like to spend time with my family, so I don't, yeah. you know, that's good. But my kids are running all over the place, so I got to, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. But I'm doing better than all right, I'll say that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm in a good mood. So that's good. I'll, I'll give you a hint about these questions, Tony. We're going to try and learn some things from them. But so okay. if you if you get it wrong or right, feel free to add your commentary um, to try and delay to the next question. Cause oh, I'm gonna add commentary. I've got all I've right. got an unlimited number of questions here, so we can go all day, but we'll try and keep it entertaining <laughs> for the listeners. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we could go all day, but yeah. <laughs> all right, so sure. So let's get started. Right, cue so, the uh, yeah. cue the um, financial Jeopardy music. But I might ask you a couple of questions as well. Fair enough. I'm 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 you know I can give and take so. Sure. You know, um, let's get started here. So I'm going to start with a with a softball for you, Tony. Right. Okay. And this is going to be a multiple choice. They're all going to be multiple choice. Well, not really. Some will be. <laughs> some will be math. Break the calculator. Oh. All right. First question for you, Tony. Financial Jeopardy. Which of these people has not declared bankruptcy? Has not declared bankruptcy. Are ready? Because I know this is right up your alley. So you should know this. Singer Tony Braxton. Extra points if you can sing her famous song. I cannot. Unbreak my heart. Please do. Okay, sorry. Singer Tony Braxton. Actor Stephen Baldwin. Former baseball star Jose Canseco. Actor Gary Busey. Actor Burt Reynolds. Or singer Dionne Warwick. Now, Stephen Baldwin, uh, Tony Braxton, Stephen Baldwin, he was in the, what, Usual Suspects? Not yeah. not the uh, Alec Baldwin that's in the news all the time. No. no. Jose Canseco, you know him. I think he got mm-hmm. in a bar fight, actually, right? Didn't he get? Yeah, yeah. Gary Busey, we don't need to say anything about that. No, please. <laughs> Burt Reynolds, my favorite role uh-huh. of his was Deliverance. And then Dionne Warwick. You know... A little fun fact about Dionne Warwick. I don't know if please <laughs> you should know seriously. This. Really, she is second in the most charted female vocalist of all time. Oh wow, I did not know that. You know who, That's interesting. You know who number one is? Uh, no, Aretha Franklin. Madonna. Aretha Franklin. That's awesome. I love Aretha all right. Franklin. Enough delaying. What's your answer? Which one did not? declare bankruptcy. I actually I actually don't know this one, so I'm going to have to guess. I know I mean I know as a fact that some I know like okay, that person, yes, I know they filed bankruptcy, yes. But there's a few of them I don't know whether or not they did, so I have to take a guess. Um oof, that's a tough one. Um I want to say by the way, Burt Reynolds, I, I can't believe you mentioned Deliverance when he he's in a classic like Cannonball Run. I mean, I don't understand. Um Dom DeLuise is is my guy in that one. Yeah, Dom DeLuise, Captain Chaos uh, is the sorry. awesome yes. character from Cannonball Run. Uh we're getting off topic, but uh, for you listeners who haven't seen Cannonball Run, mm, definitely worth seeing. <laughs> definitely. On VHS. Okay, so I'm going to just guess here Tony Braxton. Nope. Declared bankruptcy. Oh. She declared bankruptcy. <clears throat> Burt Reynolds, actually. Burt Re- now, was it Burt? He, yeah, he, oh. he's having some financial difficulties. I've seen it in the news. He's trying to sell his house here in uh, Florida. But, That's right. But he hasn't declared bankruptcy officially. So that was a little trick question Not for yet. you. Not yet. Not yet. All the others have. You know, wow. it's interesting. Like, we did a show on, um, you know, how people run out, how, how famous people run out of money go bankrupt we talked about mc hammer you brought in mc hammer into that oh yeah he went bankrupt because he had that big entourage and and yeah. um 
we talked about um, quite a few different famous people like Mike Tyson, my personal favorite. But a lot of these people here um, that what we mentioned, they ran into difficulty just because either they spent too much or, or their financial manners were mismanaged. So all the yeah. money in the world is not going to help you if you don't manage it properly. Yeah, even Billy Joel, who's made so much money mm -hmm. and been so wealthy, his manager stole million, hundreds of millions of dollars from him. It's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So anyway, if you if if I'm sorry, Bert, if you're listening, um, you were great in deliverance. Much to what Tony says, he does disagrees. He likes your cannibal run roll, but please don't go bankrupt. <laughs> Get your stuff together. <laughs> Call a financial pro. Okay. I think if he wants to turn turn things back around, he's going to have to film Cannonball Run 4 <laughs> or 3. Was there a 2? I don't even remember. There was a 2. There was a 2. It's even better than the first. Uh, no, it's <laughs> horrible. Horrible movie. The second one. But the first one was actually funny. Anyway, okay, what's the next so, question? Bottom line, no one's immune to being uh, financially, you know, falling right. victim to financial problems. Okay. Speaking of money, which president's on the $100 bill, Tony? Don't even bother looking at your wallet because you know you don't have one. Yeah, let me just peel one <laughs> off here and take a look. Um, is it Andrew Jackson? Which president on the $100 bill? They called the Benjamins, right? Uh, it, no president. No president. Oh, they, I almost had you. I almost had you say in Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all about the Benjamins. Yeah, that was a trick question, folks. Yeah. Benjamin Franklin is on the $100 bill, but he's not a president. Nope. Yeah, that's that's that was just a, a softball again. Okay, all right, Tony. Now we're gonna get into some more interesting stuff. Okay, bonds, <laughs> not oh James, God. not James Bond. Come on. All right, this is a three. This is you got three choices. Ready? If you purchase a bond, and interest rates rise, what will happen to the price of the bond? So if you buy a bond and interest yep. rates go up, what happens to the price of the bond? See, now this is an easy does one it, for me. Um, yeah, because I've listened to your show. Does it go up, down, or doesn't change? <laughs> In fact, change? I'm on your show. Wait a minute. I'm on the show. <laughs> but I do listen sometimes to what you're actually saying. And so I know this one. As interest rates rise, the value of your bond will go down. All right. Good answer. All right, Tony. You, you're listening. Excellent. Actually, it's counterintuitive, right, if the interest rates go up. Right. Ooh, well, that means, uh, which they are, by the make way. make more money. That's what's happening nope. right now. As we speak, yeah. interest rates have been going up. And people say, oh, I can make more money off of uh, interest. You know, I can invest and get a better return. So bonds, that means bonds are going to pay more, right? Yeah, but not the ones you bought previously. You locked in. So the prices of the bond go down because people can buy a different bond and get a better rate. So they start selling the one you have. <clears throat> that's how it works. You know, if you, if, you, if you buy a bond and a new one comes along that's better, you got to sell yours and buy the other one and the bond prices go down. It's yeah. inversely related. Which, by the way, brings up an interesting point, which we've talked about before. People think, all right, I can buy a bond. I'm safe, right? It's not going to go. It's, it's a safe thing. Uh, bond prices, right. no, they can go down. Bond prices and values can go down. So don't think just because you have 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds that 40% of your money is safe. That's not how it works. Yeah, your principal <laughs> in a bond is not protected. Correct. Correct. I mean, if a, if a bond would were to drop, 30% you're going to lose 30%. That's right. I mean that's an that's a, you know, outrageous figure but um you know, you, you can lose money in a bond, right? That's it. All right, so far you're 2 for 3. I'm going to let's see, let's make Burt Reynolds your only wrong answer. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Or I should say Tony Braxton. All right. Here's another question for you Tony and there's a method behind these madness questions. Let's imagine a 65-year-old man. Okay? Mm -hmm. How many more years does that 65-year-old man expect to live on average? 10 years, 15, 20, 25, or 30? How many more years on average can a 65-year-old man today expect to live? Um, I, I, it's either 10 or 15. Um, hmm. And we've talked about this too before. Uh I'm going to say 15. Wrong. Wrong. Is it 10? <laughs> it's 20. It 10? It's 20. <clears throat> 20? Yeah. The life expectancy, according to Social 85? Security, is 80, 84, 85. Yep. For men? For men, right. 
Oh, that live to 65. Yeah. If they are yeah, once 65. Once you make it to 65, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, and the longer you live, the longer you're expected to live. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. Right? Yeah. So I get it. So, but think, I don't even know. You might know this, Tony, because you, you, you have those weird thoughts in your head. Do you know what the life expectancy was in like 1900? For 40 or 49. Probably. It was probably in the 40s, right? No, it was 49. That's crazy. Yeah. In the, in the turn of the century, in the in the year 1900, I know this because because uh, it was, I believe, 49 years old in the year 1900 for males. So now we're looking at 84-ish for someone. We've come a long way, Dan. Quite a long way, but you still got the question wrong, so I'm not giving you that credit, even though you tried to make <laughs> up for it. <laughs> All, right. All right. Here's a fun one for you, Tony. Fair enough. <clears throat> You've heard of Wall Street? I've seen pictures, sure. <laughs> there you go. America's financial epicenter. I yep. used to work right near it um, for quite a while when I lived in Manhattan. Do you know how it got its name? Do you know what it's named after? I'll give you some options. Don't don't just jump on this one because I know the first one's going to sound really appealing, but listen for the all four options. Okay. Wall Street yep. is named after A, Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> B, okay, go ahead. Are there any serious answers that you're going to... B, the Wall Street Journal. <clears throat> C, James Haverford Wall, who conceived the short-lived $3 bill. Or D, the wooden wall built by Dutch colonists to defend New York against invaders. The wooden wall. Yes, the wooden wall. Ding, 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 ding. I was hoping you would go for Donnie Wahlberg, but I laughed. I think I blew it. Yeah. You you didn't blow it. (laughs) And I pulled a lot of these questions from all over the place. So uh, they're fun. But the barrier... I think you pulled some of those answers from another place that I won't mention on air. <laughs> no, the wall built. The six, Donnie Wahlberg a big, answer. A big, beautiful that, you wall. You pulled that one out of your nether regions. The big, beautiful wall. We should hire the Dutch to build the wall down the, on the Mexican border, right? The big, beautiful wall was built 1653, protect the British um, yep. colonists and Native yep, Americans. Yep, I've heard that. All right, and that's Wall Street. All right, let's go back to naming rights again. Dow Jones, you've heard of that? That's the industrial average. You know, yep. people, <clears throat> they hear Dow Jones, right? And they say, oh, that's that's the average. You got the S&P 500, you got the NASDAQ, and you got the Dow Jones. Those are the big three. Do you know yep. what the Dow Jones was named after <clears throat> or for whom, to whom it was named after? Here we go. Some options for you. I'm not going to leave you hanging here. This one's not as okay. intuitive. A, Wall Street Journal founder Charles Henry Dow and statistician Edward Jones. B, Emerson Dow and Horatio Jones, who donated the land to build the New York Stock Exchange. C, Dow Chemical and Jones Apparel, the first stocks offered to investors. Or D, Casey Jones's mom, the railroad maven Dowetta Jones. Uh, it was named after the Charles Dow and Edward Jones. Aren't you so smart? <laughs> yes, you got it right. They started a, a they started a, a financial reporting firm in their basement, and then uh-huh. uh, now it, yep. it became uh, became huge. And now it uh, that's what we named the whole in, wow. index out. And 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 one day they're going to have the Wendell index. That's right. <laughs> they're just going to call it the Dan and Edwin index yep. after you and you, it's going to be it's going to be the Tony Shore index. It's going to be which pizza buffet has the <laughs> yeah, hottest all, pizza. All based on pizza futures. <laughs> pizza futures. Oh, it's it's actually pizza futures would be a very interesting dynamic <laughs> index to follow. It takes into to, account to, to tomato and yeah. cheese, and you got import exports, and there's a lot in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you got it. You're on a roll now, Tony. Let's see if you can get a three in a row. Word tax. The word tax. Your favorite word, or my favorite word. The word tax. Where does it originate from? A, the Latin taxo, meaning I estimate. B, the word tax is derived from the Latin word taxo. Oh, no, 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 hold on. Latin taxo. B, the Greek taxum, meaning to take. C, old English taxus, meaning to feed the coffer. Or D, taxi driver, featuring Robert De Niro. So it's either A, Latin taxo, B, Greek taxum, C, old English taxus, or taxi driver, the movie. You looking at me? <laughs> you, 
I'm walking like here. Looking at me, De Niro and Taxi Driver. Love it. Now I'm nope, just stalling. wrong answer. Because I, do, I don't know this one. Um, uh, Latin, Greek, or Old English. That's your choices. <laughs> was there a French one? I estimate to take or to feed the coffer. Was one of the options French? Negative. Latin, Greek, or uh, Old English. Uh, I'm going to say English. The Old English taxes, meaning to feed the coffer? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> Dang it. It's the Latin uh, taxo, meaning I estimate. Oh. Taxa, meaning charge. Taxa is considered to be the root of the word taxi cab as well. Mm-hmm. Taxi meters, you know. Anyway, I like the De Niro one. How come you're not picking any of my fun ones? You get you you you're trying to like seem intelligent here. I'm too smart your, for your that. Best bet That's... is to pick the ones that you know are wrong. So I don't. So I don't know if you're <laughs> just playing with me. <laughs> oh, that would have been a strategy. Shoot. Speaking of taxes, before we go on a break, I want to do taxes a little bit more here. Um, I got a couple more tax questions because I know you love that topic. You know that famous quote. In this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Yep. Who said it? William Shakespeare, Ben Franklin, Alexander Hamilton, or Jim Cramer? <laughs> Wait a minute. What was the last one? Jim Cramer. <clears throat> Is that your final answer? <laughs> no, it was Ben Franklin. I yes, think. it was Ben Franklin. Right. Jeez, <laughs> seventeen eighty nine letter he wrote to a buddy of his. Oh wow! And the, the 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 full um the full sentence was: Our new constitution is now established, and has an appearance that promises permanency. I know that one. Yep. But in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except yep. death and taxes. And I actually know that quote. Yeah, <clears throat> and pizza. But you always added pizza to it. Yeah, I don't think. Did they have pizza during the seventeen uh, hundreds? I think. I wonder. Probably why the, I don't think they did, and I think that's why they didn't live as long. I think they did, and it was like artisanal cheeses. It wasn't like you know, mozzarella <laughs> yeah. and, and the tomato. It was just like we're gonna put a little smoked gouda on here on this flatbread. No, not not happening. No, nope. nope. pizza was invented in 1889. Is that right? I think so. I'm going with it. I'm gonna take that as gospel from you. I got one more tax question. In Italy. Oh, I would assume so. But the pizza we know here in America was invented in America, as far as I know. It's different. Anyway, go ahead. You know what I found interesting? When I lived in Minnesota, the pizza there was cut in squares. Like in- Typically, Minnesota pizza is thin, super thin crust and cut in squares. Even though the pizza is still round, they cut it into squares. Right. So there's always that little tiny corner piece. Right. That- and if you don't like the crust, yeah. you're avoiding that. You know, but I'm I'm a big fan of New York pizza. Surprise, surprise. Oh, me too. But yeah, but you know, I'm over my disdain when I saw the pizza squares. So I'll take pizza any way you slice it. <laughs> I think Ben Franklin would have enjoyed pizza myself. Okay, next question. Oh, I, you know he would. Last question about taxes, Tony. This is an interesting one, and you've probably heard this before. But do you know what the top marginal U.S. tax rate in the 1950s and 60s was. You know, when I say marginal tax rate, we're talking, you know, there's different brackets. Just call it the top bracket. So do you have any idea what the top U.S. When? When? 1950s and 60s. Why are you looking at your computer right now? Why? I'm not. I'm not. I know that it was high, though. <clears throat> yep. I, th- I. In fact, this just came up in a radio show. It was... I, I know it was in the 90 percentile somewhere. I, I want to say 95 percent. 93. But, 93. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's crazy. So, so, so I knew it was in the 90s. So that was the top anyway. marginal tax rate. So that means that once you made above a certain amount, I don't even know what it was. It's irrelevant because the money is different, you know, in terms of how much is 1950s versus 60s. But let's just call it if you made above 200,000, everything you made above 200,000, 93 percent of it was taxed. Yeah, but also it costs a, a, a brand new car costs a nickel. Yeah, but so then, but it's a it's so. a percentage thing, Tony. <laughs> Could you imagine? You know, if if, if you said anything you make above a million dollars today is going to be taxed at ninety three percent, no one would want to make anything above a ninety because 
that's you know you make two million dollars that last million you're only gonna see seven seven seventy thousand of it i mean come on right that was nuts but that's the way it was in the set it was in uh, 1970s it was in the 70 percent in the 80s early 80s it was 50 percent and now you know it was like 30 percent 35 whatever and then they just changed it recently they changed the tax brackets but can you imagine so yeah this is my way of telling the listeners hey Think back, 1950s and 60s, 93% was the U.S. tax rate for the top marginal yep. tax. If we are, compared to where we are today, that's huge, but we can always head back that way. There's no, oh, And I think we eventually will have to because of our national debt. However, however, Dan, uh, a couple of unique things. I, th- I heard this, and maybe you can tell me whether it's not true, but I heard that actually with the new tax law, the highest tax bracket for those high income earners is the lowest it's ever been in U.S. history. Right, right. With the new tax yeah. law, so it's like thirty nine percent or thirty seven or right. So that's thirty five. That's the number we're comparing to the ninety three percent. So yeah. it's less than half. So that's crazy. It was the highest it's ever been, I think, in the fifties, and it was the lowest it's ever been in in in, uh, in twenty eighteen this year. Yeah, and we haven't even seen that. It's only been a few months that we've actually been experiencing that. Right. Uh, right. Well, you we have. Won't, we won't I really fully experience, experience it. it until next year at tax time. You will. I mean, I'm not even going to be close to that tax bracket. I'm not going to be in that. <laughs> oh, yes. And then I have to add this, and you probably know this story, but regarding that high tax rate in the 50s, when Ronald Reagan was making movies, he said that the the story goes that, and, and he said this, um, that he would only – make two movies a year, even though he had offers. And at the time he was a pretty popular actor. And in the forties and fifties, when he was making movies, he could have made a number of movies a year. And at his peak, he was making about a hundred thousand dollars a movie, but at his peak, he only would make two movies a year. And then the rest of the year, he would just, he made movies like the first three months of the year and then didn't do anything the rest of the year until January again, because of that 90, three percent or 91 percent tax rate uh, because it wouldn't it wasn't worth it to him he would be making movies for nothing almost so he just didn't make any more movies he made two movies and then he j- kept him just under that 93 percent tax rate you know I, the progressive tax system we have I, I see how that makes sense i think most people would agree that that's that seems weird right but then, yeah, then but it's then it's like, crazy. well, I'd continue. If I can make $10 million versus $12 million, I'd make the extra $2 million. Well, you lose that motivation, I guess, at that point. Now, I, we can't relate to this, Tony, because we're not making that kind of money. <laughs> no. But, but, but from a layman's perspective, it kind of seems to make sense, which is why you see a lot of people, like the Libertarian Party, really talks about this flat tax. Everybody pays the same rate. This way, there's no one that's paying more or less than anyone else as a percentage. It seems fair. They call it a fair tax. Um, there's some traction to that because generally speaking, people get it. Why should I have to pay 93% to the government if I make above so much money, you know? And, and so it's, it's always a contentious thing. And then it becomes the rich versus the poor, right? Right. It becomes class warfare. And, you know, I know I, we don't want to get into partisan politics. There is a, there is an argument on the, the left side, uh, the, that says uh, that has two fat. The argument is is look at our national debt mm-hmm, for sure, and how, it's it's in the trillions. And if we don't take in taxes, it's just going to keep going in higher. So if we cut taxes too much, it's going to increase the debt, which we're probably going to see now that we have the low tax brackets. But we'll see how that works. And then the other argument is uh, right now it's a progressive tax. But even if you have a flat tax, it's regressive because if you make a million dollars and pay a flat tax, you're still paying a smaller percentage of what you make than a middle class person. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in a way, uh, it depends on how it works. I mean, the math, you can look at the math and say, well, that seems more fair. However, um, it's harder for a middle class person to pay. 20% than it is for the 1% who's making, you know, I make $5 million a year as the CEO of a bank uh, and I pay 20%. 
Well, it 20% of 5 million is more, but it's not more of your living income. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Well, I'll tell you what, regardless of where you stand politically, um, tax rates are about as low as they've been and probably ever will be. Yep. So the takeaway, there's two takeaways from this question. First is uh, tax rates are low. Second is you got it right, but you still got three wrong so far. So you're, you're <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, before you ask me the next question, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and get through some more questions. We got off track on that one, but I think it's a good lesson that we learned from that. Uh, and the tax topic is a good one. Uh, what do you have to add for our listeners before we take the break? I'm, I'm going to start. I'm going to tell you the question before the break so you can use the break to do the math because it is a math question. But okay, um, I'll get out my calculator. Those listening, you listen to Dolphin Financial Radio. I'm Dan Wendell, owner of Dolphin Financial Group, alongside Tony Short today. I've been quizzing Tony with some fun trivia questions. So some might call it fun. Others might call it boring. But either way, we're learning a few things about Tony and about finances today. So if you, uh, you want to learn a little bit more about your financial situation, if you want to come up with a good trivia question for me to ask Tony on the next show, give me a call. We'll talk. I'm more than willing to listen and uh, add to my question list here. The number to give me a call, 888-508-5935, or you can go to my website, Dolphin, uh, dolphinfinancialgroup.com, or again, the number, 888-508-5935. Now, Tony, when we get back from the break, I want you to answer this question. Which would you rather have? All right, two choices. Would you rather have $100,000 today or I'll give you a penny today and I'll double that every day for 31 days of the month? So $100,000 today or you get a penny, which is doubled every day for 31 days. We'll hear your answer when we get back from this break. Legacy. Even the word leaves a lasting impression. Legacy planning is an important piece of your financial puzzle and an important part of what you will leave behind for future generations. That is why we give our clients the From the Heart Journal and your guide to IRA and legacy planning. From the Heart Journal was created for the benefit of your family and loved ones. It will let you document and explore future financial wishes. The guide to IRA and legacy planning will help protect your retirement assets from mistakes. Both of these helpful resources are available in the Retirement Toolkit. This toolkit will give the information you need to help secure your retirement. To request your copy, all you need to do is visit our website at dolphinfinancialgroup.com or call us at Dolphin Financial Group, 888-508-5935. Get your copy today. And welcome back to Dolphin Financial Radio. You're listening to Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell, and Tony Shore, my sidekick. Tony, before the break, I asked you a very simple question. You have two choices. Would you rather have $100,000 today or a penny today that I double for 31 days? So in day two, it'll double to two cents, and then it'll be four cents, and then eight cents, and so on for 31 days. Which is it? You've had enough time. What's your answer? Well, you've heard of trick questions. I'm going to give you a trick answer. Uh, number one, uh, I think the penny a day doubled would end up adding up to more because I, I believe in the concept of compounding interest. But I'm going to choose the $100,000 right now because that's what I'd rather have because I need it today uh, <laughs> more more than I need whatever I'm going to get in 31 days too much time. Okay. If you're going to give, if Dan Wendell's coughing up a hundred grand, I don't want anything to happen between now and 31 days from now. I mean, who knows what could happen. Okay. You know what I mean? Fair enough. You could go swimming with the sharks. You know what I mean? I don't want, you know, I know you're out there swimming with the dolphins and you could accidentally grab onto a shark fin instead oh, of a dolphin man. fin and then, and then tragedy. Well, but, um, God forbid. I get you. But, uh, get so you. I'm taking the 100 grand right now. Cough it up. This was a hypothetical question. <laughs> and I do drive on US 19, so I can guess why you want to take, uh, right. you know, US bird 19. in the hand is worth two in the bush. I think the Franklin 19. said that too, right? Um, He's taking the 19 to work. Um, He's taking his life into his own hands. So let's, let's, let's find out what your delayed, your lack of delayed gratification cost you, Tony. 
So you're taking the hundred grand. Fair enough. Let's see behind what's door number two. If you start with a penny and you double it every day, at the end of 31 days, that penny would be worth over ten million dollars. No. Yes. Yes. Do the math, Tony. Two cents. Four. Eight. Sixteen. Thirty-two. Eventually, you're gonna be at a dollar, and then two, and then four, and then eventually, you're gonna be at like five million. Five million three hundred thousand, which then doubles wow. that last day to ten million seven hundred thousand. Ah, uh, wow! It's that doubling effect, you know, that hundred percent return every day for thirty-one days. Wouldn't that be nice? So I suggest you either that either I, I suggest you learn a little lesson in delayed gratification. <laughs> Typical okay. American response. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you're not gonna don't count that one as wrong because I knew the penny doubled would be. I know. I'll give you that. You still got three wrong. So <laughs> next question. Let's talk about that 100000 that you just got. Okay. Sure. How much will that 100 and you invested it. Now we want to talk about compounding interest. We got 30 years before you need that money. If you invest it and get 5% return, how much would that be versus an 8% annual return for 30 years? How much does 5%? Wait, ask the question. So you got $100,000. You yep. invested for 30 years. Yeah. Portfolio A gives you an annual return of 5%. Portfolio B gives an annual return of 8%. How much difference is it going to be over the course of 30 years? Roughly. I'll 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 give you I'll give you about a 10% leeway here. So you have to So you have $100,000 and it's either going to grow by 5% or 8%. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between those two 30-year numbers? Boy, um, $100,000 by 8% would be an extra. It'd grow $80,000 a year. So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you, this is, it's, it's tough to do when it's not written down, you know, when we're just talking about it. But imagine 100000 in yeah. 30 years. It's going to be at 5% will be about $432,000. Okay. Right. So it's four times as high, but what, so you, you invest a hundred thousand for 30 years of 5%, you're at 430. What if you got 8%, how much do you think it would be then? So, okay. So, you know, it's going to be more, well, but how much yeah. more you got to get within 10%. Okay. So let me think about this. Um, uh, let's see here. Times 30, you said 30, 30 years. years. Um, I think it's going to be, uh, is it going to be three? What did you say the other would be? I thought it would be the first hundred would be 432,000 at 5%. Uh -huh. Add 3% a year to that. Where are you at? Where are we at after 30 years? <sighs> I don't know, like eight hundred thousand. Ooh, we're gonna give judges? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, one million. So one million dollars. Yeah, it's about six hundred thousand right. dollars more. Think about this. Jeez. Now, I want. Let's just break this down for a second. If you said to me, "I'm gonna invest it for thirty years at five percent," and then you know you meet another advisor and he says, "I'm gonna show you eight percent because that's you know that's the average." Look at the difference here. The difference is 400,000 versus a million. You know, five, $600,000 difference. That's huge. Based on a 3% difference in annual return. That's the power of compounding interest. And that's why where you invest makes a huge difference. We talk about, hey, we want to take some off the table, be less risky. Yeah, you know, if you go from 5% down to 2%, it's the same thing. The difference is going to be huge. So it's important. Yeah. To note that when you have time on your side, 30 years, um, it's important when you're looking at the projections and, and hypotheticals and illustrations, you're not being uh, too unrealistic. So a uh, big difference, big difference there. Okay. Yeah, huge difference. So now um, let's say you are going to start investing. We always tell people the best time to invest is now, right? Start when you're young. If you start saving and you're going to get a 7% annual return at age 30 versus age 40, how much of a difference does it make? Let's assume you're going to retire at 65. If you, yeah. if you started with $10,000 a year at age 30, 
versus 10,000 a year at age 40. Let me explain to you what this obviously is going to be a big difference, right? But let me show it's you. It's going to be a huge difference. I want to build on this last question because it's important. A 7% return, and you invest 10,000 a year from age 30 all the way to 65. Well, from 30 to 40, you're investing 100,000, right? If you did that, you would have 800 and about over 800,000 at age 65. That's 7% year, 7%. If you take that same 10,000 and go from 40 to 65, you're going to have 690. So you're adding, wow. you're actually adding in more money. You know, if you add 30 to 40, you only invest for 10 years, that 100,000 will be 800,000 by the time you're 65. But if you go from 40 to 65, which is 25 years, that's 250,000 you're invested. You're only going to have 690. So you're putting in more than double the amount and you're having less. And that just shows you those 10 extra years compounding are huge. So the starting early thing, I can't tell you how important it is. If you're listening and you're close to retirement, you might say, oh, it's too late for me. Well, now's the time, right? But if you know your grandkids or your kids, if they're in their 30s, 20s, get them to save. Get them to save. That's the power of compounding interest. Okay, I got another question for you, Tony. Is it possible to have two different investments generate greater returns if you combine them than if you had two individual investments alone? So if I said to you, I'm going to give you one investment that averages 20% over three years, and one investment that averages 18% over three years, is it possible to combine those two and generate a return that's higher than both? It's a yes or no question. So I'm gonna say investment A gives you a 20% return over three years, investment B gives you an 18% return over three years, but if I combine those two somehow, can I get a return that's better than either of those? Well, I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> you don't have to justify it. You got your answer right. But it's so Well, I mean, it's isn't it obvious? I mean, if you just said that uh if you just said if you invest 100,000 at 5% versus 8%, it's going to be astronomically more if you combine two things. Uh, the power of that money together is greater than the power of that money individually. The sum is greater than the part. Well, I'm talking about the average return. So, oh, the average return is going to be better. It's it's weird, right? Look, I'll give you an example. So, if you have two investments and one of them has um, a three years over three years, and the first, the, so you're just mad I got this right. I am. I'm mad I got it right. You don't but think I understand because I want to try to explain it now why you got it right because you don't know why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the power of diversification, Tony. <laughs> I, might, I might know. I might know on a certain day at, at a certain time why I got it right. But go ahead. So let's say investment A, and this is a three-year investment, does 0% the first year. It goes up 5% the second year, and then 15% the third year. So after three years, you have 20.8% return. Okay. It goes up zero the first year, then five, then 15. That comes out to 20.8. You'd say, well, how come it's not 20? Five and 15 is 20. Zero, five and 15. Right. Because you have that two-year period that you you made 5% and then you make another 15% on top of it. So you get that compounding interest. All right. So portfolio A makes 20%, 20.8%. Portfolio B, same amount of money you put in. You get first year, you get 30% return. Second year, you lose 30% return. And the third year, you gain 30% return. 30, negative 30, and then 30 again. And that comes out to 18.3% over three years. Which you say, well, how can that be? Shouldn't it be 30? No, because that second year where you lose 30%, that's a big loss, right? You have to overcome it. So those are the two portfolios. Now, if I take 60% of my money and put it into portfolio A and 40% in portfolio B, 
my returns over three years are 23.3%, which is higher than if I put all in A or all in B. How is that possible? It all comes down to diversification. I'll show the math to people if you want. Give me a call. I'll, I'll send you an email with a chart, or you could just look it up, the power of diversification. You can make a better return by diversifying and have a higher return than the sum of the parts. It's a weird scenario, but it all comes down to time sequence of money, sequence of returns, and, and spreading the risk out. It's just an amazing thing. I'll give you another example to try and prove this. $100,000, if I gave you a 6% annual return after 30 years, that would be 574000 100000 at 6% after 30 years is 574000 But if I said, instead of putting 100000 in one bucket, I'm going to put 20000 in five buckets, making 0, 4, 6, 8, and 12%. You do that over 30 years, you're going to have over a million. Same average return of 6%, 0, 4, 6, 8, 12. You combine those, you know, it comes out to a 6% average return. But because you diversified, you're getting over a million. You're almost doubling the money. So that's why you hear a lot of people talk about diversification. It's not to just have sell you more stuff. It's to spread the risk out and to spread the gains out and give you more return in the end. Mm. Uh, wow. But you got, well, you got it right. It's interesting how those things work. Sometimes it's, you know. Uh, it's tricky, isn't it? I mean, when you're dealing with things like investments and interest and returns and averages, uh, it really can get tricky. So you really have to pay attention and not be swayed by a lot of the so-called financial professionals out there. You need somebody who's going to uh, shoot straight and explain it in a way that's understandable. And I know that you work hard to always do that. So even a, even a radio guy like me, I uh, can understand. <laughs> oh, great. On that note, Tony, we're running out of time. Let me get a couple more in here. I got to get, get you a wrong answer here. Um, here's a, you know, we just talked about diversification. How about um, timing? Okay. This is real numbers now. If we take the returns of the S&P 500 from January 1st, 1997, where were, what, what city were you living in 1997, Tony? In 97, I was living in Nashville, Nashville Tennessee. Yes. Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> I knew it. I was in Boston. Okay. I was doing radio promotions for record companies in Nashville in 97. Yeah. So big money. All right. So let's say you, big mo- big money. <laughs> let's say you took $10,000 of your weekly salary and you, yeah. and you invested it in the S&P 500 in January 1st, 1997. Fast forward to January 1st, 2017, so last year, you that's 20 years, right? Yep. Um, what happened? If you were fully invested, that $10,000 would be worth $44,000 roughly if you just didn't touch it. That's a 7.68 return. My question to you is this, Tony. If you missed, so there's what? Five trading days in a week, say 50 weeks of the year it trades, it's 250 Mm -hmm. trading days over a year times 10 years is 20. So 20 years is 5,000 trading days, okay? Yep. If you missed only the 10 best days of those 5,000, you only missed the 10 best days of return, how much would your $44,000, 43,000, 44,000, thousand dollars B I have no idea take a guess this is a trivia question I'll give you a 10% leeway <laughs> uh, $24,000 judges no 22,000 oh come on I was so close <laughs> you were you're off you were actually off by $50 so it's 21,925 you're off by $75 sorry <laughs> no think wow. about this you get a 7.68% return over those 20 years, which is excellent, right? If you right. miss 10 days, 10, your return goes to 4%. Right. But more than likely what would happen, instead of missing 10 days, you put it in there, you leave it in there, that's fine. You're going to hit those days if you leave it in. But what would what was more likely to have happened is you put it in there in 97, and then in 2000 or 2001, 
when the, the bubble bursts, yep. when the when the tech bubble bursts, uh, you probably would have panicked and pulled it out. That's it. And then you would have made almost nothing. You would have lost. <laughs> you would have lost money, right? right. Uh, or let's say you made it through the tech bubble and you wrote it out and you're like happy because it, it went back up a bit and you're making money. And okay, I, I survived the tech bubble, but 2008 hit and that was that crash, the housing crash, everything that happened in 2008, you couldn't take that because everything was starting to fall apart. You panicked. Mm-hmm. And that's what the majority of people would have done. That's a, that's exactly right. And you know what? Right? What makes it interesting, Tony, you bring up a very good point because I'm still not giving you credit for the answer, but you <laughs> six of the 10 best days. So of those 10 days you missed, six of the 10 occurred within two weeks of the 10 worst days. So, See, yeah. so what happens Boom. is, is a down drop, people panic, pull out, and then they miss those best days. So that's yeah. why people really miss the best days is because they pull out at the worst after the worst days within two weeks. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So the lesson here is Tony, I'll give it to you. It was pretty good. You, 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 you came pretty darn close actually. So the lesson here is it's not about the time timing the market, timing the market is not going to happen. It's a matter of time in the market. You want to stay in to get those best days because that makes right. a huge difference. Yep. It's like Warren Buffett says, if you try to time the market, you'll lose every time. Yeah. So, uh, Hey, uh, we're out of time for today's show. It flew by. Good questions. I, I got uh, three or four wrong there, but I, I did okay. You did great, uh, Tony. I actually did a lot better than I thought. And I didn't even get to the fun wrong. questions, which we'll save for another day. We'll have to do this again, and yeah. I'll give you advance warning next time so you can do some research. And I'll even let no, you come up with your own fine. questions to try and stump the chump. Oh, I have a couple for you, so we're going to save those for another show. <laughs> you were just upset I didn't have to talk about You were waiting for me to talk about Mike Tyson trivia. I know that's what you wanted. I, I was assuming. I, I had the Wikipedia page up and ready. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, uh, give that number one more time before we go. Tony, thanks for a good show. And listeners out there, if you want some more information about what we talked about, we talked about some very important concepts in a fun way, power of compounding, diversification, inflation, and simply just making the right financial decisions and how simple mistakes can cost you big. Don't make those mistakes. Give me a call. We'll talk through it. 888-508-5935 or go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Thanks for another show of Dolphin Financial Radio, Tony. All right. Thanks so much. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell. Thank you for listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. Don't try to retire without a solid income plan. For more information, please contact Dan Wendell at Dolphin Financial Group. Call 888-508-5935 or visit the website at dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.